Welcome to InTech Duo with your hosts, Zach Chahey, along with Mike Pilcher. This is episode number 10, recorded on Tuesday, July 20th, 2010. Smartphones at War. Okay, well, we're getting back to another show this week here. Uh, you've been on vacation, Mike, so yes. tell us a little bit about your vacation. I had a good old time. We went out to uh, out towards Ocean City. A friend of ours, friend of ours, was house sitting for uh, their friends out there, about an hour away from Ocean City, and we were invited to come along with them. And the first day, we went out to a place called Assateague Island, that's uh, just south of Ocean City, Maryland, where they've got wild ponies. And while we were out on the beach, a couple ponies uh, wandered through the beach uh, from what our friend Specific- said. She- we're talking specifically wild ponies. Wild now. ponies, yeah. These uh, Apparently these ponies um, are Spanish ponies, and they believe that a Spanish ship back in the 1700s or so um, ran aground on the island, and the ponies got out. And that's why they're there now. But uh, our friend, uh, one of our friends, she's... Uh, a horse person, she's been riding horses for a long time, so she noticed that uh, the, it was a male and female pair, that the male seemed to be about a yearling colt, and the female may have been its mother, and the female looked pregnant. And it wandered by. Um, as it came up to us, it started nuzzling through our wagon full of stuff and snatched a bag of pretzels. Well, our friend quickly snatched away. Pretzels went everywhere, so the horses were just hanging out trying to snitch more food from us getting a free meal we got a huge crowd gathering around us we got the lifeguards on duty saying oh back up they're gonna they kick and bite and it's like well they're only gonna kick if you startle them from behind and they're only gonna bite if you piss them off so we were just (laughs) making sure they weren't gonna step on the kids is what i was mainly concerned about yeah um so we're just trying to get them to move away then my friend Jeff and I, we took all the food back to the car. On the way back out to the beach, we noticed a sign saying no food on the beach. Too little, too late. <laughs> oh, well. That's more of a precaution, though, for everybody at, that goes out there. It's like we go to this pond down here to uh, feed the ducks sometimes, and they have a big sign telling you not to feed the ducks. It's why everybody goes out there, though. So There's not actually anybody out there telling you verbally it's just they have the sign out there it's kind of covering their butt kind of thing i guess let's get to the stories here yeah um, now that we cover what you did while you were out this week <laughs> other than um, getting burnt to a crisp uh. <laughs> exactly um we have the uh the i guess the big story of the week is the apple debacle yeah friday's uh apple press conference steve jobs talking about antenna gate <laughs> as it's been coined Okay. All the known problems with the Apple, the iPhone 4's antenna and touching it in the spot, right spot that degrades the signal and whatnot. Now, yeah, this is. I, I like this. First of all, Apple doesn't do. Uh, con- they don't do press conferences for failing product lines. And, and this, don't get me wrong, this is not a failing. It's product. not a failing line. product it's line. And well, I- but this is like the media has really pushed this out out there to the forefront well that's this is this is a big issue that's basically what he said he said the media was blowing this way out of proportion that it's not that big a deal that all phone carriers have the same problem it is a big deal because as soon as he did that by saying all phone carriers he's trying to make it seem like we're one in the crowd when yeah how come nobody was complaining about this before 
now all of a sudden it's come out because of their phone. Yeah, and then well, it is it is their problem. Then so, yesterday, yeah, all the other rivals, Rim and uh, you know Nokia. HTC and all Nokia, everybody came out and said, no, we don't have this kind of problem. You know, we don't drop calls because people cover up the antenna on yeah. the phone. Our and phone. They don't. Yeah. Well, their big thing was we don't need a piece of rubber on our phone to say well, that yeah. our phone works properly. You know, our phones have our the antenna behind the plastic body. The iPhone four put the antenna right out on the metal body. So of course there's going to be problems. Well, if you listen, all these news stories I've been listening to throughout the week here and reading have been giving Apple such praise for coming out and giving people the bumpers and giving people uh, return uh, refunds on their money. I don't praise them for any of this because, number one, I'm pretty sure they knew about this before they put it out there. They were interested in selling yeah. this phone and getting it out there. Uh, I don't praise them for giving rebates or refunds or giving away the bumpers, which doing the what way, they should have done from the beginning. iPhone 4 customers until September. But um, well, that's when this is not this is not a permanent fix. And the problem I have with this is this was suggested. Hey, why don't you give everybody free bumpers? Then they come out with a press conference saying, "Oh, we're giving out free bumpers to everybody." Well, Steve but mentioned this was that only he after said they, this is only after they were pressured to do it. Yeah, he he said that in the conference that you know I, I saw the conference. It, he said people been pressuring to to say, hey, get free bumpers. He said, okay, so we're going to give you free bumpers. He, he was very reluctant about it. Well, let's, let's, let's not forget here. This is a 30-cent piece of uh, Plastic. rubber. Yeah. Well, and they're selling it for $30. Yeah. Not well, only not is, anymore, is they're a not. piece of rubber, they're grossly overpricing this thing. But, the, you know, the free bumpers are also for not just the bumpers but other iPhone 4 cases because they don't have enough bumpers to just hand out to everybody. So that's yeah. a, that's a good gesture, but it's something that they should have been offering from the beginning. It's a design flaw in the phone that they, I'm sure as heck they knew about it. But Steve said, no, we're just going to put it out. They're not going to notice it. You well, know, let's, and let's not forget about the uh, them uh, tweaking the software too. Like they acted like they just found out about this. Like this was news to them. I see that as a totally they separate knew, story. They they tried to push that in as, oh, this is why you're seeing the. Oh, we're trying to educate you. No, they're trying to educate you because what they're trying to do is they're trying to push your thinking towards whatever they want you to believe. But this is not the case. Other phone companies don't have this problem. Yeah, they were trying to take the heat away from the antenna problem, trying to say, oh, no, it's a software issue. But it's a totally different story. Oops, we've been showing that you have more bars than you actually do because service sucks and the antenna has sucked in the past. Yeah. This, to me, is like, this is the classic, we're not going to own up to it, but what we're going to do is we're going to try to spread out the blame across all the carriers and all the phones. That way, you won't look at us center, you know? Yeah. We'll try to make it look like it's an ongoing problem for everybody when it's not. And this has been an ongoing issue for weeks now, and I'm tired of talking about it to (laughs) to tell you the truth. Yeah, I mean, now we've got uh, between the antenna gate and Steve Jobs claims that, you know, the antenna issues on the iPhone were everybody else's as well, and we all know that's not the case. So you also have the alternative here with going out to Verizon, getting a Droid X, mm-hmm. which if you looked at the blog, our blog, you'll see the issue I had with the store. Um, very rude customer service. In my opinion, if you're going to do anything, call them on the phone or order it online. Rebates are instant instead that's, of being sent in. But you that is just a- one store. There, there hasn't been widespread 
you know, concern about Verizon customer service. Although Verizon did say that they would have more than enough Droid Xs to well, go yeah. around, they grossly underestimated the demand for this phone. Well, it, that, here's the, the common here's the commonality I find, uh, and this has been over three or four different between the the Verizon kiosks and actual stores that I've been to, mm-hmm. and this has been like in the last say let's say four to five months. Okay. Most people I've talked to know nothing about these phones. They don't understand the tech that's in the phones. They don't understand the specs. Yeah. They they basically hand you a piece of paper. They don't understand the phone themselves, and they're trying to sell these phones. And then what they try to do uh, is just try to push you by adding another line. Well, it's hard to phone. understand a phone that they, you know, the reps at the stores can't get their hands on until the day it's released, and then they're getting inundated with all these questions. Well, that they day. Get, they actually they they're supposed to be getting some of this information. They get they get trained on these phones a few days before they come out. Supposedly. <laughs> how do I know more about the phone before it comes out than they do? It's simple. I go online. Like, yeah. It's a very easy thing to do. Um, well, because you know, the company we, that makes the phone is pushing out the facts. So they can know if they wanted to. In a sense, we keep track of this stuff for a living for this podcast. Exactly. You know? um, um, but, well, that's what they do for a living. So I would expect you'd know your trade. But anyway, like you said, the Droid X... Um, like that, the store told me they were sold out an hour uh, after they got it. So yeah, that's ridiculous. And they claimed that this was not going to be the the problem or the issue this time around. And it turns out they don't have any. <laughs> so now I will say, if you order if you order by uh, if you order right now, they're not shipping. They're shipping. Uh, I think it said uh, August third. They're, they have more stock and they're able to get it out faster than the HTC Incredible. So uh, apparently Motorola is going to get them out there a lot quicker. So hopefully I'll be able to order mine. It'd be cool for you to get one. I'd like to see it, that's for sure. That'll be the only yeah. way I see well, it. Well, there's a few apps that I'm definitely looking forward to trying, like the Google Goggles, I believe it's called, the Eye Goggles. Yeah. Or Google Goggles, I believe, uh, where you can take a picture of any item and it will come up with what it is, give you specs, give you websites to check Based out. Based on the image and geolocation. And, uh, oh, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, if I were to just take a picture of a building, it could tell me what the building is, what business it is, mm-hmm. give me the website, give me their phone number, where it is uh, in correlation to where I'm at. I mean, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, uh, it, definitely it's, the barcode scanner. I told you about that before. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of – it's Google pulling everything they have together between their search engine, Google Earth – and picture searches, it, it's a lot of data to, that they're pulling together for this. Oh, yeah. I mean, it looks great. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I saw an article earlier this week. It said that some of the phones that they're discontinuing, which happens to be the BlackBerry Tour, which is what I have, which is not, which is barely a year old, which kind of... Well, that's a common life cycle for most cell phones is one to two years, and then, then a new one comes out to replace but it. quite a few they're actually discontinuing because the droid lines are doing so well. Then they realize where the smartphone industry is going with the touchscreens, so... they got to have display room in the stores. Exactly. Um, I guess we're going to get going here. We want to move on because we're talking about the cell phones so much this week. It's kind of getting seems like these same stories rotating and uh, I know that's the big thing because cell phones are the computers of yeah. today. But, but uh, uh, you found another privacy issue with Facebook? Oh yeah. Um, well, let's, uh, nobody knows what they're going to do here with with Facebook. It just It's getting to be more of a problem. They don't know where 
what, what they're going to do. How much more of a problem can it be? They, they've done the worst of the worst doing opt-out of, you know, you have to go in and opt-out of these things. And they automatically thrust you into settings that you don't like. Well, exactly. Well, they've grown from 400 million users to 500 million users in less than six months. Mm-hmm. And most people are worried about what's going on with their information. They don't. I mean, if people are, are worried about what's going on with their information, then don't provide the information in the first place. Exactly. I mean, that's so. the rule for anything on the internet. I don't care if you think it's secure or not. If it's information you don't want the whole world to know, then don't put it up there. Well, that's the thing, and it's what it is in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's that goes for anything online. So we'll get on here on uh, the uh, ultraviolet service. Uh, yeah, it's a, a little bit about that. Just oh, what we need, a, more yeah, DRM. It's, it's I'm sorry? Just what we need, more DRM. And those that don't know, DRM is digital rights management. Well, yeah, I agree. Um, but I guess what it is is you're never going to get all the uh, the music and the movie industry. You're never going to get them on board with anything that doesn't have uh, a, a sort of DRM. What DRM is is it's software or encryption or whatever to prevent you from making copies and possibly distributing music, movies, oh, yeah. digital rights management, games, yeah. anything like that. Well, a lot of people may not know what digital rights management means. It makes sense to us, but you know, layman doesn't really understand what it is. Like uh, some video games have digital rights DRM that requires you, even though it's not an online game, it requires an internet access so it can contact the service, the server online, and verify that you are who you say you are before it lets you play the game. So if you lose internet access, you can't play the game, even though you've bought and paid for it. Well, look at this like it's a digital rights locker. Basically, uh, if it digitalites ro- locker, whenever users want to watch a video on a new device, uh, this free user, this would free the user from being locked down on a single device or a type of hardware, but still allow the content providers a strong measure of control over how and when the content is consumed. They're trying to find a middle ground. I understand that, but it's still oh yeah, it's DRM, and I just say well, get rid of it. Well, here's the thing: the DE. CE Group is huge. It says uh, it says part of it is uh, Warner Brothers, NBC Universal, mm-hmm. Sony, Fox, Microsoft, Intel, Cisco, Netflix, Adobe, and D and DVX, and notably other ones. Now, of course, uh, Apple isn't part of it because basically that's what their iTunes is. When you're watching videos, it's it's their whole little ecosystem. It's their own digital locker, basically. And Disney has one coming out called Key Chest, which is supposedly coming out this fall too. Mm. I have, I don't know, I, I have reservations about this key chest one because nobody looks at Disney like they want to buy their service for a catch-all. So I have a problem with that one. But the alliance, as they're saying it is, is uh, nearly 60 companies and the group is moving ahead. So okay. we'll see how it goes. I, I, I see I see the this becoming much more easily used, especially since Sony has the PS3 and yeah. Microsoft with the 360 and all these different devices coming out um if you get android on board it's definitely going to take off so and netflix is on it so that'd be another way of of seeing netflix netflix is on everything now it's great i love it well they're part of this group so if ultraviolet really takes off i really want to see something compete with apple i'm tired of everything apple this and apple that if something is out there that's an alternative which leads into another story that i saw that i did not put into our 
prep. But Netflix is now going international. It is soon to open up in Canada. It'll be available for Canadians. Oh, that's oh yeah. Oh, I also <laughs> I heard about that too. That's only going to be streaming though. Yeah. Well, that's all now, you need. They get they get a streaming only service that they get to pay for. Which so is great. There's no discs. It's only streaming. But that's where Netflix wants content. to go in the end, anyways. They want to drop all the discs. Yeah, but we're talking ten years out. Uh, that was what the president of Netflix said on, the, on, the, on this interview that I listened to. Was okay. it, he, he looks to be the next 10 to 15 years to be streaming I only. I think that's a little long, but that's probably what it's going to take to make all the agreements necessary to make it streaming only. Well, exactly. It's not – hey, love to do it right now, and yeah. we all know that it would do well. The problem is getting the manufacturers and the disc and the movie industry on board with yeah. it, and that's the biggest issue right there, licensing. they got to overcome that, and they've got to crush – Best uh, blockbuster first. <laughs> well, nobody wants nobody wants to. Uh, nope, none of these movie industries are going to want to let you stream the movie right away because they know no. you're not going to go out and buy it. So it's going to it's going to reflect on their sales. So they're definitely going to have to make it on the back end. So they're going to want they want that little bit of exclusivity first in order for them to make some money. So yeah, I can't say I totally blame them, but we know it's something coming for change. So. Uh, this is a wave of the future, and this is a definitely where it's going. Let's move on to some space news. Okay. Um, last week... Uh, you got for us. Is this a random story? No. Um, I think the other two stories at the end will be the random story. All right. Well, let's see what you got on Cause, space. Because this is NASA. Um, okay. You know, last week a Senate committee decided to cancel NASA's efforts to return to the moon. Um, this is kind of come in conflict with this week's decision by Congress to approve kind of a, a bill, a compromise bill to keep NASA funded pretty well that will give NASA $19 billion for use to distribute to private industry for development of new rockets for, to continue space travel. So it's still not, we're still not going back to the moon or anything like that, but you know, it's giving private industry funding basically to develop better rockets, so we can continue to send supplies up or new satellites and that kind of thing. Uh, so, in a sense, are you saying they're diverting uh, the funds they were going to use for the moon mission to keep going to, like, say, the space station? That's not clear, really. Um, the administration has requested, and the bill supports a budget of 19 billion for NASA in 2011. Um, 19.45 billion in 2012 and 19.96 billion in 2013. Senator Jay Rockefeller said NASA is an agency in transition. Uh, we've had to take a clear, hard look at what we want from our space agency in the years and decades to come. I've made my views of this matter very clear. NASA's role cannot stay static; it must innovate and move in a new direction. So I guess they're. Not wanting to go back to the moon, they're looking to put the moon behind them. At least, well, uh, let's put it this Congress way: is. I don't think, I don't think they're not looking to go back to the moon. I think they don't have a choice because they're not giving them, they're not being given the money to do it. Yeah, it. So it's they have to look past it and figure out where can we better put this money to work for us. Well, here's what Obama administration's doing: they want to fund a jobs bill. It's kind of come down to okay, give. Keep funding NASA to go to the moon or cut that and create a jobs bill, which to me is kind of 
paddling backwards because if you start cutting all this funding for NASA, a lot of people start losing their jobs. There's a lot of people that work for NASA and subcontractors for NASA and are working on projects to put people on the moon. Yeah. Just building facilities to test new equipment that will be going up to the moon. There's, I read a story where they've got a facility that's going to that's designed to uh, bombard things with ultrasonic sounds to simulate the stresses that the equipment would go through in the liftoff process. Okay. And so that hasn't quite been scrapped yet, but it's about to be, yet they're still going on with construction, and there's a lot of jobs tied up with that that could be lost. Well, let's get into your other story you got here with the laser tracking space debris. Yeah. Um, apparently, in Discovery News, an Australian company Tuesday said it has developed a laser tracking system that will that will stop chunks of space debris colliding with spacecraft and satellites in Earth's orbit. Basically, they got this laser tracking system that's going to keep track of all the little debris, all the the missing wrenches that astronauts have dropped, dead satellites and pieces of dead satellites that are all floating around up there. And the reason they track it is so that as like GPS satellites and other communication satellites are going around the Earth, they know where the debris is at and they can move the satellites out of the way so there's no collisions to damage those satellites. Well, it seems like there's a estimated 700,000 objects floating in orbit around the Earth. At now, least. Uh, that seems like an awful lot. I didn't realize we had that much out there. Well, there's other stuff out there, I believe. There, there's probably chunks of meteorites and stuff like that that have bounced off the Earth's atmosphere. Um, okay. The current tracking system is a radar tracking system. It's called the Spy-1 radar, I believe. Um, they had the same radar on the ship that I was on when I was in the Navy. And that thing supposedly could track a soda can in the water. So it's it's a pretty good tracking system, but they're saying this laser tracking system can track debris as small as 10 centimeters or about 4 inches across. Wow. So, yeah, they're gonna they're probably going to find a lot more up there once they get this thing started. Um, yeah, I guess this one could be the random let's, story let's, of the week. Let's, let's talk about this Nokia situation first. Uh, I know it's kind of going backwards. Oh, you want to do that one? Okay. Um, um, I was ready to skip it, but that's okay. We can do that. Well, uh, I mean, it goes without mentioning, I think, uh, part with the whole antenna gate thing here. Uh, Nokia getting kind of pissed about being brought into the line of fire as far as antenna issues when well, they come out and said that basically we've never let the design uh, overstate what our phones can do. Uh, we, well, don't let, one thing, we don't let a design issue dictate to us about quality of service. But that's the thing. Nokia isn't big on their smartphones, and so they're falling well, behind that's in true. the industry. And I think that's why one of the issues they're having here with their CEO, why they're looking for a new one. Yeah, they can't find a way to get into the market. Plus, they don't really have a stronghold in the U.S. here. Well, that's the big thing. They've been always big. They've been big around the world, but the U.S. has never been their big market. Well, that's because they have certain requirements that uh, the phone providers here will not meet, so they don't have phones here. They don't want, um, like, Verizon or AT&T's logo all over their phones or to be, you know, when you turn on your phone, what's the first thing you see? You see the Verizon logo, right? Exactly. They, Nokia doesn't want any kind of uh, cell phone provider software put onto their phones. They want to have a complete control over it, and because no, I mean, our, do you think that's hurting them? Or obviously, it is in some ways. Um, 
Well, I don't really see a problem with that. It, the Nokia manufacturer is on the phone itself. They're a manufacturer, not a service provider. Yeah, but they don't want service providers like Verizon and AT&T to add their own software to put their logos and stuff like that onto the phones. That's well, right there's the problem then. Things are done differently in yeah. the U.S. And that's and why they're not in the U.S. Exactly. But that's so not what's they're willing them. to allow uh, for some different uses on their phone uh we're not talking i mean i really don't see this to be such a big deal as they're making it out to be but no um, but they want to be in the smartphone market in general worldwide they're never going to be if they're not willing to allow certain i think they can i think they're doing fine not being in the u.s market i don't think the u.s being out of the u.s market is hurting them at all not with an estimated 1.1 billion dollars yeah but it is that's the problem uh because that number is coming down and their numbers are not staying up there because the other phones are, are are very you know they're starting to sell well in other countries. Well, when their third quarter sales of last year were you know 108.5 million phones, I mean yeah. that's nothing to you know scoff at. They've got a good strong hold on the feature phone market worldwide, but the feature phone market is dwindling. Exactly, and that's I think their big issue is going to is looking into the future. Yeah, you know. Where are we going to be at in five years? Definitely. Uh, when the Android and iPhone market is outnumbering everything else. But so. yeah, that's that's the story here. Um, Nokia is rumored to be looking for a new CEO. So if you think you can take charge of a $1.1 billion company and find a way to get them into the smartphone market, keep a lookout. They might have a job posting soon for a new CEO. Well, it's just like, well, exactly. Like what I was saying here. Um it says here in the third quarter of last year, Apple overtook Nokia as the world's most profitable phone maker, mm-hmm. uh, booking $1.6 billion in profit in the iPhone in the quarter compared to Nokia's $1.1 billion. But you got so, you got to consider the cost of a smartphone versus the cost of a basic feature phone. You know, the the iPhone sells for two, three times as much as a typical feature well, exactly. phone that Nokia makes and sells worldwide. So that helps a bit. Exactly. I, I I don't know. Um, I think Nokia is definitely uh, has some growing pains to go through. Um, like you said, they're a big feature phone. Yeah, it's, it's time for them to reorganize. Well, yeah, or else they're going to be looking at themselves uh, a couple years down the road as the next Palm. Oh yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, Palm's basically history. Yeah, I think I anybody who bought a Palm that, phone. That Palm I mean, obviously now. the Palm phones are going to be. Uh, they're going to be maintained through the carriers as far as giving you some service, but don't look to, for another one. Um, if it if you do ever see another Palm phone, it's going to have an HP logo on it, and, yeah. I, and don't expect to see that because it basically told everybody they're not doing phones. They got into this to be they wanted that web OS, and they're going to read you know it's going to be redefined and put out there on their tablets. So I'd hate to see Nokia go the way of Palm just because they can't. Get get it together for a smartphone. My first phone was a Nokia. Well, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I just think their position as a global as a as one of the big you know global leader on, in, on phones is going to be lost because they're going to become they're definitely going to go down a couple positions because uh, if they continue just on the feature phone area, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Because uh, we all know smartphones are the way of the future. Everybody's carrying a smartphone these days. It's the way that you compute. Um, do your computing these days. A lot of people just like checking their email and 
they don't want to get on their computer right away. So um, that's what you're looking for in a phone. That's yep. why I'm looking at the Droid X bigger screen. You know, Portable like, computer. The big thing with most people is they don't want to deal with that big screen. But that's one of the reasons I like it. So, And the Droid X over the HT, HTC Evo uh, that Sprint carries, um, has a the Droid X supposedly has a better battery life. That's the key uh, with be, these smartphones now is battery technology. Well, that's going to be the key right there. Um, nobody wants a phone. You have to continually keep recharging. You know, the mm-hmm. Droid X, uh, from the reviews I've been reading, will hold a charge throughout the day, even at heavy use. That means continual use uh, throughout the whole day will hold the charge. Now, you have to recharge at the end of the day, but mm-hmm. now light use or uh, standby time, it says about eight days. So I can't wait to get this phone so I can do an actual Yeah, we'll see. Reports will start floating out this week about battery life on the Droid X. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I hear it's not too bad on the new iPhone 4, too. So let's get to this random story of the week here. Not so random, but it's still a good story. Um, U.S. firm Raytheon has unveiled an anti-aircraft laser at the Fairborn Air Show in Hampshire. The the laser, close-in weapon system, or CWIS, can either be used on its own or alongside a gunnery system. SeaWiz isn't actually anything new. It's been in use for a while. SeaWiz close-in weapon system um, has been in use by the Navy for many years. Uh, I was on a DDG, one of the guided missile destroyers, and they have SeaWiz on them. I know aircraft carriers have them. Basically what SeaWiz is, it's, it's a radar tracking system that uh, links up with a gun. Current SeaWiz uses a Gatling gun, six-barrel um quarter-inch bullet kind of gun that uh, the system tracks. It's kind of a last-resort system to protect the ship. It tracks uh-huh. mis- incoming missiles and blows them out of the sky. It throws 1,500 rounds a second at the missile till there's sounds, nothing left. This sounds an awful lot like that gun I saw in um, Under uh, Under Siege 2, I believe it was. Okay. Where they were, or it may have been the first one, I'm not really sure. They were on the aircraft carrier. They may have had, yeah, they may have had the gun in the game. Yeah, I, I was, it was very interesting. Uh, this this Gatling gun came off the side of the aircraft carrier and uh, blew. I think it was an oncoming ship or missile, and it blew it up by shooting a barrage of. of uh, oh yeah, this thing just spits out bullets like it's nothing, and the bullets oh, aren't yeah. regular bullets either. They're uh, depleted uranium tip bullets, so it kind of disintegrates the metal as it makes contact. So it makes better penetration? Yeah. So it really does a lot of damage, and it keeps shooting until there's nothing left but pieces the size of like a quarter. So basically anything coming at it, it'll have a hellfire of, of uh, ammunition coming at it. Yeah. So and, it'll have a very hard time. <laughs> and as I was getting out of the Navy in 02, um, there was rumors well, that they let's, were... Well, let's get that real quick. Did you see one of these guns in person? Oh, yeah. We had two of them on so, the ship. You, one, well, one forward and one aft. Most people the show probably don't know this. So what's your background? Um, I spent four years in the Navy. Um, and you were on an aircraft carrier, correct? No, I wasn't on an aircraft carrier. I was on a de- destroyer, like I said before. That's right. A destroyer. Yeah, right. guided missile destroyer. Um, and we had two of these things, one forward and one aft. Um, most ships they build nowadays do have them. Um, I'm pretty sure the aircraft carrier were fitted with a couple of them as well because it's a missile defense system. And okay. apparently they were going to give it an update to kind of slow down the radar in it because it's meant to do fast tracking for missiles. Slow it down enough so it can track aircraft and take out aircraft if needed. So no suicide bombing could happen kind of thing. Okay. 
Well, but just so everybody knows, the show links, uh, if you go to our blog spot and look at the show links, um, the the link we're going to have here from BBC is going to have a short little video of yeah. this. Kind in, of a demonstration. But yeah, this so, new system yeah. uses a laser instead of that Gatling gun. And basically all it is is a, it's a 50 kilowatt beam that they aim at around the area of the engines or the fuel tank of whatever craft they're wanting to take down and overheat it till it explodes. Okay. And in the case of like a UAV that's electric, it'll overheat the batteries and blow the batteries. If it's a, you know, jet-powered UAV or jet or whatever, it'll blow up the gas tanks, take it out real quick. Now, okay. I'm not sure how fast it works. They don't really say that. I'm sure that would be classified, but it, it'll be an interesting system. Other countries around the world have similar systems to this that they call different things. I, I remember seeing them on other ships as we were doing uh, activities with the NATO task force back in uh, 2000, 2001. And they look similar. It, it's basically the same thing. It's a fast-tracking radar and a nice Gatling gun attached to it. I, I uh, just caught a uh, story here that just basically updated a few minutes ago and I want to talk about for a okay. minute or two. It's the Droid 2 they're saying launching as soon as August 12th through Verizon. It's the first Droid phone that will actually be, even though uh, Motorola has, um, they have Lucas film rights. So um, this, they'll have a version of the phone that has R2-D2 on the back. So there's going to be an R2-D2 edition of this phone. <laughs> so it's pretty interesting. It's This is on Engadget uh, website, so... You have to go take a look at that. We'll have that on the show notes too. But um, it says it's the first time that Verizon has toyed around with the droid line Star Wars Origins. Uh, Motorola actually had a license for the name Lucasfilms, and to promote the original phone, Big Red sent around remote control R2s last year to various media outlets. It said uh, we don't know whether this special edition will be launching at the same time as the stock version. So if the plain vanilla droid. Two comes out first, that might automatically make the decision of which one to buy. So definitely check out the article on Gadget. It's pretty interesting uh, with the phone with the picture of R2D2 on it. So very cool. Yeah. So, but I guess that really kind of wraps it up for this week, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. That, that about does it. We're about out of time anyway. And hopefully next week I have more stories that are not so phone related. Um, although I like talking about them because I really it's kind of exciting with the new phones coming out. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of other gadgets coming out too. So, um, but most definitely we will try to stay on top of what's coming out as far as the phones and everything, because that's my big interest. So, but anyway, um, I guess that's it for me. Yeah, that'll do it for this week, and uh, we'll hear from us again next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Follow us on Twitter at InTechDuo. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, then feel free to send us an email at InTechDuo at gmail.com. To find out more about us or to view our show notes on this episode, then visit us at our website at InTechDuo.blogspot.com.